Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Stefan Cohn. And I'm Andrea Ballard. Every week, we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand-in-hand with baking for those we love. On today's show, we're wrapping up our deep dive into the freezer section with a discussion about ice cream cakes to put your homemade ice cream tricks to good use. We'll also share our favorite treats to seek out next time you're in the frozen foods aisle at your market and review the spicy peanut butter ice cream from last week. So pour yourself a cup of coffee and get ready for some sweet talk. Stefan, how's it going? Well, through the magic of podcasting, Andrea, although I am recording this episode in Seattle, it will be the last episode I record from Seattle. And by the time it airs, I will be, God and Queen Elizabeth willing, in my new house in London. So, <laughs> oh, so exciting. Such a big change coming up for you. It is. And of course, I know what you're wondering, Andrea. Am I going to be able to bring my ice cream maker to London? And the answer is is yes. <laughs> that, now, that, was, that was actually on my list of things to ask you about, but I, I didn't feel like you needed one more item on your list. <laughs> Andrea, stop asking me. <laughs> so this actually, funny enough, was kind of touch and go. Um, so as you probably know, the UK uses a different kind of outlet than we use here in the US, and it's all about voltage and watt and, you know, everything connected with electricity. And initially, we thought we wouldn't be able to take anything with a plug, that it would just be the wrong voltage and not work out. But through the modern uh, wonders of modern technology, my husband has found what looks like a little um, suitcase. (laughs) I'm not kidding. And it's a voltage adapter. So if the appliance has a low enough um, draw, basically, we are able to take some. And lo and behold, one of those that doesn't actually use too much voltage is my lovely Cuisinart two-quart ice cream maker. Yes. Which has now secured a spot on my cross-Atlantic shipment. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, because two years is a significant amount of time. I mean, I can't I, if, go two years without homemade ice cream. Yeah. If I was going six months, I could, I could easily skip that, especially depending on the season. But you're going to have, you know, two, maybe even three full summers there. So I feel it's a necessity. And then we got into this issue where, of course, I could find this the UK version of this appliance there. But then when I'm coming home, I have an appliance I can't use here. So it was it was going to be one or the other. So we're going to try this voltage adapter for our KitchenAid, for um, our Cuisinart, for the ice cream maker. And there's a couple other small appliances like that. So mm-hmm. I will report back. I do have to cart around this kind of suitcase thing and <laughs> run the wires. It's like Tesla experiments. It, but um, anyway. <laughs> It feels so Inspector Gadget. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a really (laughs) – exactly. So um, anyway, looking forward to home-churned ice cream. 
Well, in London. Yeah, at least some things will stay the same. And I think that'll be nice for the kids that they can count on a few familiar favorites from home, even as you're discovering all sorts of new treats. That's a really good way to look at it. Um, so speaking of some new flavors, I was looking through my magazines, getting ready for my departure. And in the May issue of Better Homes and Gardens, this um, issue has a whole huge section devoted to homemade ice cream. Oh. And um, I think it was, was it last episode you were talking about, or two episodes ago about Mark Bittman's How to Bake Everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. And one thing you really liked about that cookbook was that he would have the basic recipe and then do a bunch of variations. Yes. And that's a format that this section in the magazine has adhered to. So um, they give you a sweet cream custard base and then a variety about 10 flavors um, to just add from there. So I'm just going to read you some of the flavors. They sound really good. Um, okay. Coffee and donuts which is a coffee ice cream with chunks of donut. Oh. Honey thyme, T-H-Y-M-E. Mm-hmm. And they suggest serving it with uh, or over grilled peaches. That would oh be fantastic. Gosh. Yeah, that does sound good. A triple fudge swirl, self-explanatory. Nice. Uh, strawberry shortcake, which is a little bit like the roasted strawberry buttermilk in that it uses a pureed strawberry and then has chunks of shortcake. Oh, Interesting. Summer sangria. I know you have been doing some experimenting with popsicles with a little bit of alcohol. And this is a red wine uh, and orange liqueur ice cream. And then finally, in our globe-trotting gourmet episode segment recently, uh, we had talked about some flavors outside of um, the Western um, U.S. that aren't so familiar to us. And Mm -hmm. perhaps they're catching on because this last ice cream is a spicy sweet corn. It is sweet corn with chili powder and lime zest. That does not sound appetizing <laughs> to me. It looks really pretty. I will say that. But I I don't know. I love corn. I love chili I powder. I love, love lime. Corn. I do love corn, but I don't want to lick it. Um, <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. Well, um, in, the, in the UK, they put sweet corn in tuna fish, on pizza. Oh. I know. Maybe we're going to have a whole segment about the sweet corn sighting of the week. I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know. Yeah. Um, Uh, Anyway, that section in the Better Homes and Gardens May issue is called Scooped and um, just some other nice, fun flavors if you're interested. So a question about the both the shortcake that would have the, I guess, chunks of biscuit and the donut one with chunks of donuts. Um, I'm just wondering how those... Freeze. I mean, I've I've put brownie chunks in ice cream before, and those do freeze nicely and kind of have a good texture when you bite into them. But I'm not sure about donuts and biscuits. Yeah. So in the directions for the coffee and donuts, you basically prepare the ice cream and then um, fold in two plain cake or glazed donuts cut into half inch pieces. Hmm. Um, so that would be after your churn. You're you're mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. mixing that in. I'm looking at the shortcake recipe. Looks like same. I don't know. I mean, you know, one thing we talked about when we were doing the um, roasted strawberry is how we really liked the puree, that there weren't these like big hunks of half, you know, frozen hard fruit. And right. you're right. If those froze really hard, it would be impossible to enjoy. Yeah, Those that's chunks of donut and chunks of biscuit. So mm. well, maybe I might eat it so fast it doesn't matter. Maybe I just have to test it out and see how it works. Yeah. Speaking of ice cream, last week we made our spicy peanut butter ice cream from the Soap Queen. <laughs> 
Now, this is a recipe I found when I was going through a, a homemade soap phase. <laughs> so oh. I had I had spent some money on various lotions and potions and was trying to get natural products without a lot of chemicals in them. And as usual, I always think to myself, why am I paying, you know, $9 for this three-ounce lotion stick. I could make this at home. And then I end up spending, you know, $100 on some (laughs) crazy website buying. Because, you know, you you go to buy shea butter and mango butter and coconut oil, and you immediately fall into that trap of like, oh, six ounces is $3, but five pounds is only $10, you know. And so I did one summer really get into making what I call lotion bars. So I poured them into deodorant containers, basically, and they would push up and you could rub them on your body. And that that was really fun. I mean, it is like cooking, but it's making things for your body. And you can do all the smells and that sort of thing. So that's how I had discovered a couple of these soap websites. And then... I have a friend who I've mentioned before who is gluten-free and dairy-free, and I wanted to make some ice cream, and I thought to myself, well, I'll see if there's any gluten-free, dairy-free ice cream recipes out there. I'm sure there aren't because, you know, what else is ice cream if not – um, yeah, you know. I mean, you could do like a sherbet or, or a sorbet, I guess, but that's not technically an ice cream. Yes, yeah, yeah definitely sorbet would work, but uh, but I wanted, you know, I wanted that creamy ice cream feeling. And when I did my search, what pulled up was Soap Queen, and so I knew about Soap Queen from my previous ventures into soap making, and I had always liked her recipes and thought she did a good job, you know, testing things and making sure things turned out all right. So. Right. I um, had made this particular recipe for my friend, and I think it was one of the first times she was able to eat sort of a ice cream at home. You know, she can certainly buy those ones they sell in the store, which I think they sell some soy ones, and they also sell a lot of um, coconut ones in the store. But yep. it was fun to be able to have some homemade ice cream for her. So that's why I picked this particular recipe. Um, what did you think about it, Stefan? Well, this was maybe the easiest recipe during our month of homemade ice creams. There yes. was no custard. There was um, there was not a lot of involved activity here other than just kind of warming up your ingredients, your, your coconut milk, your creamy peanut butter, dark brown sugar, uh, cayenne, ginger, and then roasted peanuts at the end. Um, so just heating that up, making sure the peanut butter melts down. I did, as I mentioned in uh, last episode when we were introducing this in episode 31, I use my Jif creamy peanut butter. I am a Mm -hmm. Jif creamy peanut butter lover. And we had talked that maybe that would be a little too sweet. I didn't find it so. Um, I tested the mixture before I added the brown sugar Mm -hmm. and went ahead and just went with the um, full amount of of brown sugar. So that worked for me. Um, And then I, little true confession time, I am a huge fan of the roasted salted peanuts that are usually like on sale on the end cap at the drugstore. <laughs> oh, like the planters in a yeah, little bag. Yeah, so I was oh, so okay. that's what I used here. Um, they're not super <laughs> healthy for you. They're coated in all kinds of like MSG and stuff, but it is it is a love of mine. So um, I really liked this ice cream. However, I'm the only one who did in my family. Oh, interesting. I didn't think, I mean, it's definitely a great non-dairy alternative, but I, unless I knew that, I'm not sure. It was super creamy. 
Uh, it it was it acted and tasted texture wise just like you know a dairy mm-hmm. ice cream would. Mm-hmm. Um, it churned up the same. Uh, I thought the spice and the smooth and the creamy and the sweet. I thought it all worked great. It wasn't mm-hmm. like any ice cream that I'd ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, I love peanut butter, the coconut. I mean, I I thought it was um, really unusual, really fun. My kids thought it was too spicy. And my husband said, um, this is like frozen Tom Ka Gai soup. And <laughs> I said, yeah. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> Thank you so much. That is an accurate review. I love that, too. So what's the <laughs> – um, Oh, no, that was so really unusual and really delicious. And mm-hmm. I think I'd also um, – been hypothesizing it might be really good as an ice cream sandwich with some chocolate cookies and mm-hmm. guess what it was so i can oh, re- recommend okay. it as a filler for like a chocolate ice cream sandwich too mm-hmm. and yeah. we we used ours as a base with we did a bananas foster oh that would uh, that be I great had mentioned on an earlier episode so it was a really nice one with bananas that peanut butter and banana combination and coconut that's all mm-hmm. really good together yeah um, my daughter also doesn't like this one. And so I wonder, I don't know if it's the spice or the coconut flavor. She has a friend who is uh, gluten-free and dairy-free. And mm-hmm. so that child, when she comes over, a lot of times will bring, her mom will bring her own little ice cream container if she's having dinner with us. And it's, I think it's that soy delicious brand. Yeah, or I've I, seen I, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And several times my daughter has tasted her friend's ice cream and I've asked her if she liked it, and she has said no. So there must just be something with the kid palate and ice cream. Um, And and keep in mind, my daughter loves nothing more than a Baskin-Robbins milk chocolate. I mean, you know, she does not need the heavy premium ice creams in the first place. So, um, And I do think the cayenne's a little bit too much for her. But my husband and I absolutely love this particular ice cream. And for me, it's something that's so easy because I always have coconut milk mm-hmm. in my pantry. Mm-hmm. I always have brown sugar. I always have um, peanut butter. And the ginger powder is something, you know, once you buy it, you don't go through it very quickly. Right. And so you tend to have that on hand. And cayenne I always have on hand. I don't always have roasted peanuts on hand, but I feel those are optional. So. Yeah. And I think for my kids, it wasn't the coconut. That's a flavor they do love. And they okay. both love peanut butter. It was definitely the spice. Okay. But I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend walking the spice back. I really think you need that much because there's so much creamy and sweet. Otherwise, I think it works really well at the proportions that she's got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listeners, we would love it if you guys tried this out and let us know what you think. And um, or if someone wants to take it and put it in a regular custard ice cream, that might be interesting, too, to see what those peanut butter, ginger, cayenne flavors taste like without the coconut. That might be kind of an interesting change to the recipe. Yeah, that's a that's a great experiment. We're going to move on and talk about ice cream cake. So since it's the end of the month, we won't be reviewing our ice cream cakes, and we're not talking about a specific recipe, but just the topic more in general. Stefan, I know one of my favorite memories from childhood, speaking of Baskin Robbins, Mm -hmm. was uh, when my parents would take us there, they had this book that was on a a stand, or sometimes you had to ask at the counter, and it was the um, birthday book or celebrations, you know, I know a lot ex- of birthday cakes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. I 
spend the entire visit pouring over that book. And I remember sometimes my mom would think, you know, Andrea, your birthday's not until November. You know, it's it's April. Get your head out of the ice cream cake book. But I could just look at that thing for hours. I loved it so much. And just thinking about all of the combinations, you know, would I get chocolate cake with chocolate ice cream or would I get chocolate cake with vanilla ice cream or, you know, and then the frosting. I mean, uh, not to mention the themes. I mean, that just, that wasn't as much when I was a child. Um, there were more just maybe balloons as an option. Right. You know? I mean, do you remember they would have the individual clam? that was like the ball of ice cream was the head and Mm -hmm. then the hat was the cone. Oh, I never had one of those. I mean, I don't even know if they still make them. It's one of those like the Barbie dream house that was just always, (laughs) always, I was pining for that clown (laughs) thing. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Uh, Well, one of my happy... um, Speaking of Baskin-Robbins, an ice cream cake memory is for my daughter's seventh birthday, we went down to California to see my brother and sister-in-law. And my sister-in-law at the time was in grad school, and one of her friends in her grad program was working part-time at Baskin-Robbins. And she told him, you know, my niece is coming down for her birthday, and could you do a really special ice cream cake? And he made the most – first of all, it was gorgeous. My daughter was really into Tinkerbell at the time, so it was this beautiful Tinkerbell, but it was the best ice cream cake I've ever had from Baskin-Robbins. And I've realized in subsequent years that that um, friend of my sister-in-law's was probably adding, you know, more product than he should have or, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That was not your typical I think he really Mm -hmm. pulled out all the stops because it was for a friend. Um, But yeah, that that was a delicious ice cream cake for sure. Well, my basic ice cream cake formula is some sort of cake, and I include brownies in that category. So Mm. sometimes I will do brownies, and I am definitely not above using a cake mix or a brownie mix when I'm making an ice cream cake because um, a lot of times it's just for a celebration. So it's one more thing on my list. And, you know, if I can get it done quickly, then I will. And so I'll bake whatever the cake mixture is or brownie mixture. And then typically once that's cooled, I'll freeze it for about 30 minutes, get, you know, get it a little bit more solid. While I'm freezing the cake or the brownies, I will pull my ice cream out to soften. I finally learned that that's really important. And then I'll spread that softened ice cream on the frozen cake. I typically only do three layers, so a cake layer, an ice cream layer, a cake layer. And then I typically frost with whipped cream. I find that regular frosting, I have trouble sticking, especially if I add another ice cream layer on top. So I'll either do whipped cream or I'll do some sort of crumbles, like candy bar crumbles or Oreo crumbles, cookie crumbles, that type of thing. Oh, that sounds great. Then do you stick the whole thing back in the freezer? Then I stick the whole thing back in the freezer. And then what is really important to remember is to pull it out between 15 and 30 minutes before you want to serve it, because otherwise it's too hard to slice. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I'm remembering that when I talked about my checkerboard cake, and I had posted a picture of that several weeks ago on Mm -hmm. our Facebook community, and shame on me, I can't remember, but we had a great listener who said, Hey, you could do a checkerboard cake by cutting out um, yeah. like a like a round of the cake, and I thought, oh, of course, that's a that's a brilliant suggestion, and um, you could do that with an ice cream too, I suppose. Cut out the cake part, put in a little um, that much ice cream there, and that's then you'd true. have that bullseye 
yeah. also checkerboard ice cream cake. Yeah. So and yeah. then just pop pop in the smaller piece. That's yeah. right. I recently came across one um, in on Martha Stewart's um, website, and it's a grasshopper dome cake. And so it's the mm-hmm. same basic idea. She makes a chocolate cake, but in a bowl. So it's got that round shape. And then she kind of hollows out the middle and puts the ice cream there. And mm-hmm. then you invert it all. So the ice cream would be at the base, mm-hmm. then the cake, and then she frosts it. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of – Well, and is that a – a bomb, B B O M B E, Bombe, Bomb, yes, B O M B E, yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, does that I, just I've mean round. What does that mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. May, or maybe dome, dome. Mm. We could, we could theorize. <laughs> it means upside down ice cream cake, and it, it means delicious, <laughs> and it means delicious. Or, that's right. As far as I'm concerned. So, listeners, if you have any special ice cream cakes, we'd love to see pictures of them or hear from you what sort of flavor combinations you like. Your your possibilities here are just completely unlimited. And I think that's what makes ice cream cakes so much fun. And plus, you kind of get your cake and ice cream right there. You don't have to then have the extra task of, of all emoting every slice. You're just already taken care of. Two for one. Well, Stefan, one thing, too, I'll be interested in hearing from you when I was doing my research into ice cream cake. It did mention that this is a very United States dessert and not well known in Europe at all. So perhaps you will be taking the charge and introducing ice cream cake to a new continent for us. You know, that's also fascinating. I'm running into other things such as so ice cream cake. They have cake. They have ice cream. Like stick it together. Other also like iced tea. Like you have tea, you just put it on over ice. Like (laughs) (laughs) so in our house, we're gonna be those, you know, those wacky Americans. What are they up to again? (laughs) Oh, isn't that funny? Yeah. So um so to wrap up our our month of of ice cream, we wanted to talk quickly about some of our favorite store-bought frozen treats. And and you've just heard us um waxing nostalgic about Baskin Robbins. Uh, There's a lot of really tasty, very gourmet offerings uh, in grocery stores these days. And um, Andrea, what are some of your favorites that you buy? Well, my absolute most favorite is called Talenti. And it is gelato. And they come in those really neat see-through containers. So you can actually see the ice cream that you're buying and their gelato that you're buying. You can see what it looks like. And I just love that aspect. My current favorite is coffee toffee, but I feel like I have tried almost all of their flavors and I just love um, trying new ones. I, I looked into Talenti a little bit when I was thinking about them because I always think of them as a small company just because of their marketing and the way they do things. And you don't see a lot of advertisements for them. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny if it turned out this was just some sort of subset of, you mm-hmm. know, yep. uh, General Mills or On something Agra. like that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And sure enough, oh, no. um, they, well, they did start off as a small company and the owner um, spent five years in Argentina where gelato was very popular. And he came back to the United States, was living in Dallas, Texas, and thought, why don't we have more gelato? And so he started making it on his own. And he started with a retail location and was doing a gelato shop. And um, Seattle's always been, I think, a little progressive. We've always had, at least as long as I lived there, and I moved there in 1994, that gelateria shop on the Pike Place Hill Climb. Yes. 
And there's I'm, more here in my neighborhood now too. So I think they're, mm-hmm. yeah, they're definitely spreading. There's a lot more now. Um, but it was really interesting reading the story of this Talenti owner and, you know, when he was building his company and growing it and, or, and, and he d- started with the retail location and then he realized that was kind of limiting and he really wanted people to be able to have it in his home. So he got some business partners and expanded and started doing the, the home market and the clear containers turned out to be a huge part of the reason for their success because no one had ever put ice cream in clear containers before. And they really encouraged the grocers to arrange them in a rainbow sort of oh, wow. so that it would really catch people's eye. And I don't know about you if you've ever bought that gelato, but I love those containers. So the quart size and the pint size are so useful. And I thought it was just me using those. And then I went to visit my mother-in-law and I opened her pantry. And I'm not kidding when I tell you she might have had 50 of them in her pantry. (laughs) And she uses them for everything. I mean, yeah, dog they're just treats, for Tupperware, rice, it sounds like. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, black beans, red beans, everything. And so I thought to myself, I wonder if it's just us. And I did a quick search. And lo and behold, there's a whole hashtag called Pint Cycling. <laughs> and they have contests where people submit their pictures of what they've done with their recycled Talenti containers. And it's everything from planters for plants to Q-tip holders to decapods and crafted, um, you know, containers for all of your beading projects. I mean, oh, it's just wow. amazing what so people just have totally taken on a life of its own. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm going to have to search that out. I do love a good gelato. Um, one of my favorites, speaking of a smaller uh, organization, is Steve's. They're from Brooklyn, as oh, I've never heard that. And you know, I didn't do the 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 thorough um, due diligence. Perhaps they are also now part of a large conglomerate, but <laughs> they um, they are at least they started very small out of Brooklyn. And my favorite favorite flavor that they make is Southern banana pudding, and Ooh. it has the chunks of vanilla wafer and chunks of banana. And somehow, which we've talked about all month, um, somehow they keep them very chewable, and it's not jarring. It's it's very pleasurable to come across a, a little nugget of vanilla wafer or the the uh, banana. So that's a really great flavor. Well, listeners, if you want to go back to episode 20, we talked about banana pudding and you can make some and, and throw it in your own ice cream and tell us what you think. What a great idea. I never what thought about doing idea. that. Yeah. Absolutely a great. Oh, fantastic. Um, and then just my favorite, uh, Ben and Jerry's, which is really mainstream these days, of course, started out as a very, um, very gourmet first, really kind of like premium ice cream um, uh, with all the kind of wacky flavors, which is very, very uh, everyday now. Um, I love the t- Tonight Dough. It's got all those good chunks of cookie dough and and um, and I also think I've ever had that one. Oh. I've, I've had Chunky Monkey and Cherry Garcia. Those are two of my favorites. Yeah, it's uh, really worth seeking out. It's got, I think, peanut butter cookie dough, chocolate chip cookie dough. Um, it's chocolate ice cream. It's it's fabulous. Um, and I don't know who decided that one of those serves four people. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, in addition to um, 
part of our honeymoon spent in Boston, uh, which we've talked about with along with the Boston cream pie. We also drove up to Vermont and went on what still stands as our favorite factory tour of all time, which was the Ben and Jerry's oh, factory tour. Oh my gosh, how fun. Yeah, it was fantastic. And uh, we were there off season because we got married in the fall and uh, they were, I, maybe we got the, you know, really behind the scenes, but they gave us so many like free samples. We just staggered oh out of there. God. And um. <laughs> I highly recommend it if you're in, uh, if you're in Vermont to go check them out. So, well, you'll probably not be surprised to hear that now Ben and Jerry's and Talenti are both owned by the same company, which yeah. is you know the big corporate brand yeah. Unilever. But it's been since about 2014, so I feel like they've maintained their identity, they maintain their quality. So, yeah, I know. haven't. I I I still I still. Exactly. So those are some fun ones to search out next time you're in the frozen foods aisle or just wanting to uh, try something new. I think there's a lot of uh, great ones on the market if you don't have time or aren't inclined to make your own this month. Listeners, we'd love to hear about some of your special and favorite ice cream or gelato flavors that you've discovered in the grocery store. So post on our Facebook page or send us a message and let us know so we can try those out as well. Well, the timer's buzzed, and we've got to get to the dishes. Next month, we'll be trying something a little bit different. In the time-honored tradition of a summer vacation, Stefan and I will be taking our own version of a break in July. Each week, we'll release short and sweet quick bite episodes. These shorter episodes will allow Stefan to get settled in a new country and give me some much-needed training time outdoors on my bike. We'll return to our regular podcasting and recipe review format later in the summer after life has hopefully settled down somewhat. Our Facebook page will still be active even during our July hiatus, so we hope you'll post on there. And it's also a really great time to binge listen. So if you haven't listened to all of our shows, feel free to go to Apple Podcast, formerly known as iTunes, and download, download the old episodes where you can get caught up and listen to all of them. Remember, you can find us and our featured recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com. And also on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you would subscribe to the show and give us a review, both of which will help other people find us. Until next time, thanks for listening and sweet dreams. Cheerio, my friend. Preheated is written, performed, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stephen Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions. You can edit that out if you want. I just want... <laughs> of course I won't. <laughs> oh, that's it from this closet. Oh.